Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. Everybody, welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, where we have redundancy to mask uh, to match our redundancy. James, 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 Breakwell, 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 and I bring you this show every week, sort of. Uh, James, something again melted down last week. What what is happening on your end? It was on every end. It was a triple failure. So you, first of all, <laughs> you could no what? longer you can. Well, all failures originate with you. Let's be honest. So first of all. You're, you you lost the call. Like, I was talking, and you couldn't hear me. Oh, and so you hung right. up. That's right. And then at the exact same moment, <laughs> somehow, without any additional inputs, my video recording failed. And then I went and thought, well, at least I have my... I bought a separate audio recorder, and it won't be as nice, but it's like, at least I got that to still go through. Yeah. And that also failed. It recorded nothing. <laughs> I was dumb. I, I didn't even know where to go from there. So today, I am using a completely different video recording program. Uh-huh. I have given up on the other <laughs> software. Uh, I still have the same audio recorder device because I bought it and can't return it. So it is what it is. So we will see if maybe, just maybe, uh-huh. for once, uh-huh. an episode actually gets recorded and makes <laughs> it up on air. And by the way, the phone disconnecting is a complete separate system from your video program. So the yes. fact that those two things happen simultaneously is like a, a like a, there was a sunburst or something, and it took oh, out all man. the electromagnetic fields on Earth or something. It had to be. At this point, we have to have almost as many episodes that haven't aired as episodes <laughs> that have aired. Like just the the lost content that will never be heard or observed by anybody. It's, it's truly astonishing yeah. what kind of a non-existent back catalog we have of non-existent <laughs> episodes. I will say that the first several times this happened, it was depressing because they were excellent episodes. Last week, <laughs> you, you were just mediocre, James. I, I got to be what? honest with you. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Well, I was riding high. Did you post that ten minutes to save your marriage where you praise me as brilliant and groundbreaking? <laughs> if Please tell one. me. Yes, if you sent it okay. last week, I did. I did Whew. post it. As long as we got that one up, <laughs> as long as we have that on the record forever, then you uh. know what we can lose. We lost. I do feel like we bet, lost one of our best episodes ever, which was the one where we talked about how you used to work in greeting card porn. And then we lost <laughs> one of our worst episodes ever, which was last week. I've got a pig over there chewing on a box. Hold on. You go ahead and talk to the crowd for a second. I'm going to go shoe a swine. All right. And I know that James can hear me even though he can't talk while he's chewing a swine, which is uh, don't take that in the worst way possible because it's probably correct. I will say I have right here a Vic. What is that? He's actually chewing that swine. (laughs) Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Sounded like a swine being chewed. I have here, James, in front of me, and uh, you can't see this, but you will on the mix, that I have a victory cigar that should have been smoked pre-episode. I was actually planning to smoke it while we were recording this, except I made a grave mistake and my audio book is not being launched today. I haven't told the author yet because I've been laying low, James, but... (laughs) 
of this publishing stuff and platforms and distributors and it, see, you've got it easy because you're a big star. You're a high roller. So they send yeah. a limo to your house and they bring you to like uh, <laughs> Geffen's recording studio in Hollywood, California. And you walk up and they're like, oh, hello, Mr. Breakwell. What can we do for you? Because you're balling, James. You understand? <laughs> Me? Okay. I got to do all this stuff myself. Mm. And it's a tremendous amount of work. And then I do one thing wrong yesterday and it's it, everything comes to a dead standstill until it gets corrected. But the audiobook for Beat the Odds by Sandy Gennaro and Steve Olivas will be out come hell or high water by next week. So what did you screw up this time? Well, I get antsy, James. You know me. I want progress to keep moving because when I do things, I'm, you're like me. When you do things, uh, stuff gets done, and it gets done in a very deliberate and very accurate way. When other people are supposed to do their job, everything grinds to a halt. And uh, so this audiobook thing, everything I do, I do quickly, and everything everyone else does, like every other book that I write, it just takes forever. So I get antsy. And so I'm screwing around and screwing around with like, a, you, you, you have to name different things to help them market your book. And one of the things is like hashtags. One of them is which categories your book falls into. And I decided okay. to add a few categories yesterday because I thought, well, as long as I'm sitting here doing nothing, waiting for other people to do their stuff, I might as well make it easier on myself to make some money. So I added a few categories and apparently that requires the entire thing to start over and I'm going through quality check again even though I have already passed quality check and my fear James because you know me and us that they'll find something wrong the second time it goes through quality check like I feel like I dodged a bullet the first time and now we got to go through the whole thing again it's going to take a few days well, obviously, any project you're involved with is not going to be high quality. So, I mean, that's that's a given. So, evidently, the first time they were just asleep at the wheel and it slipped through. <laughs> and now, justice will be done. So, it's, it's fitting that they're going to bounce you out of there. Yeah, I need to have your gig where you just sit back and you've got, like... You, you don't just have a person doing a pedicure for you. You have one person per toe working on you. And uh, then you, you, you fire one or two of them at random just so the other ones are afraid to keep their jobs and you have them do your bidding. I like that kind of setup, James. And I know you've worked not very hard to get there, but just hard enough that I still haven't quite meet, met, met, reached <laughs> that pinnacle. But I'll get there sooner or later. I want you 10 pedicurists. Do you want to know what it's really like to record an audiobook? Would you would you like the insider scoop on what megastar James Breakwell goes through to record his multi thousand selling books? So okay, so what for one, most of my books have been recorded in a former Mason's Lodge, like an audio company bought it and it's and they did it's actually very nice, but it it is it's a former Mason's Lodge and I'm down in the basement in the small studio because I'm not a large band, I'm just one person. Yeah. And it's me and an audio engineer who's bored out of his mind on the other side of some glass. And it's me reading from my book, and they always book two sessions. And I always say, don't do that. I'm not coming back. I'm going to do this all <laughs> one go. And I sit down, and I read my book cover to cover Holy out crap. loud in one day. Holy 
Holy and crap. mind you, it takes a while because every time I flub a line, I have to start over. Yes. And usually I'll say, starting over. Well, at least I did in the earlier books. This last time I just started over and they just assumed. And then that poor audio engineer, after sitting there for five or six hours listening to me read this book straight through with all the stumbles, has to go back in yep. and edit out all the stumbles. Yep. Like, most of their costs are just, like, psychiatric care for these poor people. They've got to get them all drugged up just so they can get through the day. They have to have a full liquor cabinet. I mean, I can't even imagine. It takes me, you know, six hours or eight hours to read this book. And it takes them probably three weeks to go out and edit out my many, many flaws. But the point is, after one day, my job is done. And usually, in the first few books, they have me come back for pickups, uh, you know, to fix things I screwed up even on the second or third time. This last time, they didn't do that. So either I've gotten better at redoing my mistakes myself, or they've just given up. And they've just said, he's just a broken recorder. It's not going to get any better. Just, <laughs> just leave it how it lies. James, do you want to know how I record an audio book? <laughs> I'm guessing step one is sit down in your bathroom. Oh my God. So the artist has to come into my office and my time is valuable and his time is valuable. We don't have six hours. So he comes in for two hour (laughs) chunks at a time. We did six of those. It took 12 hours of recording to get eight hours of material because of the stumbles and uh, Mm -hmm. him kind of rolling through. And it's human nature. After you screw up a line twice, you want to sort of take a running head start and get through it as fast as you can, which means we have to do it again anyway. So all of that. So I have 12 hours that I have to go through and edit all the stumbles. And sometimes it comes down to the granular where I am literally sewing together a word because I can't understand either the front end or the back end on the take that I like. So I pull the front end out of a different take and sew it into the back end. And it takes freaking forever. And so I did all of that, James. My work was about 50 hours. His work was about 12 hours. That's way too much to have this much difficulty on freaking launch day. But I digress. I'm so delighted that you only put six hours into it and you get a beautiful audio book, James. Now, well, for, for the record, we can't say that it's a beautiful audiobook because neither you nor I has ever listened to any of my audiobooks. <laughs> you Although, have listened to some of the first ones. No, just to see. Get no, out of here. never, not one time, not one time. I did, though, I listened to my, the, my most recent audiobook because I didn't record it. So I'm working on the sequel to The Chosen 12, and as I sat down to write the sequel, I'm like, you know, I better double-check what happened in the first one. <laughs> And I certainly wasn't going to sit down and read it, so I asked them for a for a free copy of my own audiobook, and they sent it to me, and it was it was very well done. Definitely a voice that's not mine, so uh, so that was enjoyable. Wait, you did not record that one? No, no, that one requires voices and actual acting talent. They weren't going to let me get near that with a ten foot pole. I'm lucky they let me write it. They definitely were not going <laughs> to let me record that one. <laughs> weren't you a little bit curious to try? No, I, I, I am well aware of my limitations, Steve. I can, I can barely record this terrible podcast with you. I wasn't, I wasn't going to waltz out there and ruin my own audio book with my own stupid voice. So no, I, I let it go. Yeah, but when you're writing the book, you, like the characters are alive in your head. You know what they look like. You know what they sound like. Aren't you the best one to try to put a character to what you have in your head? 
First of all, I have no idea what my characters look like. I was super vague on that on purpose. Uh, man, so I, okay, think about this. I've got a book with 12 people left in the entire 22 people, whatever it started out with. I'm giving out spoilers like crazy. Apparently they don't all make it down. But so you got 22 <laughs> people left in existence. And if I sit there and describe these people, and, I'm like, and I don't say that, you know, for example, one of them has red hair. It's like, oh, so you just committed genocide against people with red hair. There will never be another red-haired human being in the human race. They have been purged from the gene pool. Yeah. Now expand that to every single quality you can imagine. And if I don't somehow get every one of those people in there, and then also make sure that they get through the filter down to the final 12 people, then I'm going to get some flack. So, so my kids on there, there are boys and there are girls, but there are, there are no descriptions of what they look like at all. Oh. And that is just so that I could cover myself. Because you know what? This isn't my first day on the internet. I know, <laughs> I know how people react. I know how they take everything completely the wrong way. So I had to, I had to take a step back and, and watch out for that. And then what was the, I was, I was going to rail against some other point of yours, but I don't remember what, oh, do, how, how they sound. I have no idea how they sound. To be honest, when I was editing it, I, I play it back to myself, uh, just, you know, reading it out loud. I have an app that reads it, and it reads it in a woman's, like, robot-sounding voice at triple <laughs> like, speed. So they all, find, they, they all sound like female triple speed robots to me. That's what they sound like. Wow, you're going Westworld now. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's interesting. I would have thought, even despite all of your aw shucksness when it comes to minimizing your contribution to your own success, that, that you would have at least had some level of morbid curiosity, like, what, what does this uh, a-hole sound like when he's reading my book? Oh, wait, that's me. I recognize that a-hole. But you not, know, I, I can't believe that. I just recently got so I could watch myself even on videos like this. Like I can, for a long time, I would I could watch myself if I was making a YouTube video or if I was doing the recording because like I was I was in control. I could push the kill switch. But right. when I would like go on an interview with the news somewhere where I wasn't in control, right. I would never ever watch myself it just killed me it's like i don't i don't want to see how i did i can't go back and change that there is nothing that's going to come from this but angst and unhappiness so there i just and i just moved on with my life i don't think i've ever watched a single one of the interviews i've done on tv news i've never listened to any of the radio wow. interviews i uh i just avoided it. it's just it's gonna it's gonna be a bad time steve it's gonna be a bad time but i've i've, I've you know like recently i did that uh, i did that stand-up comedy routine i did i did watch some of that so I, I, I'm getting better with some of these things. I think I just care a little bit less. I've realized <laughs> that I've set the bar so low that nobody really expects anything from me. And if I can even like, you know, get any words out of my mouth without, you know, fumbling over it or, you know, throwing up, then I think, I think I've probably exceeded sure. expectations. Sure. Well, just to, to close that loop, what did you think of yourself doing comedy? You know, I, and again, I didn't watch the whole thing just because I was up there for 13 freaking minutes. Like, why, why was I talking oh, for so long? But Dave anyway. Well, takes 13 minutes out of his life. Okay. Oh, but you know, I, the one thing and the snippet I watched, I mean, my delivery was fine. I didn't look afraid, but I, I swayed. Like, I'm swaying yeah. back and forth like a tree in the wind. But I don't know what the alternative is. Like, when, when you're standing up there, I feel like if I didn't move at all, it would look weird. If I pace around, it would look weird, but it looks really weird when I stand in place with my feet planted and just kind of sway back and forth. So I think the conclusion is 
I'm just weird, and that's how it's going to be. <laughs> well, you can work that into your act next time. <laughs> if you know that that's your tendency, and it's hard to weed that out. Well, I, what do you do when you talk? Do you pace around, or what do, what do you do when you're in front of a crowd? A little bit. There's two things you have to be aware of. One is your feet. The other is your hands. So mm-hmm. to kind of uh, sort of be aware constantly, and after you do it enough, it's second nature. But there are points that you want to emphasize, and so you move during points of emphasis. And then as you're setting up exposition or backstory, you sort of lay back and hold still. But uh, the other thing is, what do you do with your hands? Like uh, you can tell by the podcast, my hands are always moving. I like it better when I'm holding a mic than when I have a lav mic, because then that gives one hand something to do, and then the other hand can kind of do whatever gestures it's going to do. I am less in control of my hands than I am of my feet. But I will say, just in a nutshell, when you want to hit something hard, move. When you don't, just hold still. Gotcha. So basically everything I said was meant to not be hit hard. It was 13 minutes of unimportantness, which which <laughs> seems accurate. Well, if you're swaying, use that. Now that you know, you can sort of make fun of yourself and put everyone at ease so they're not whispering to their partner like, what's wrong with this guy? Is he, is he having some kind of seizure up there? Do we need to intervene? But uh, just I, talk wh- about it. Just do uh, like a Jodie Foster. I'm a Tay in the wind. Like do a little Nell up there. Really get the woke crowd going on your side. I really, I really didn't think the swaying was that big of a deal. I thought it was a little bit weird. It might, it might not be so great to structure an entire comedy special around it. Look at me slightly shifting my weight. Isn't this, isn't this hilarious? Isn't this the kind of content <laughs> you paid out here to see? <laughs> a guy you've You're never new. heard of. Use your newness. Like, it's a 20-second throwaway line, but it takes care of everyone thinking, boy, this dude's really nervous. Like, you just sort of address it and then throw it away and move on with your life. Next time, I'm just going to pace around like a caged tiger. Like, Uh, they don't just have all this pent-up aggression. They don't know what I'm going to do. Watch Richard Lewis do comedy, and he does that. He's running his hands through his hair. His whole thing is about anxiety, and he paces Ah. like a madman, like a baboon, back and forth. Gotcha. Well, (laughs) here on this, we don't even get that chance. We just sit here. We just sit here, planted on our butts, (laughs) talking to each other, and nobody can tell whether we look nervous or not because these episodes never make it out to air. And as I say that, I'm I'm checking my backup recorder to make sure. So as of right now, we are are 18 minutes in. Both my Uh primary and my backup recorder both appear to be going. Mm. So when we get to the end of this and this doesn't record, I'm probably going to break something. Wasn't it the Who that sang the song, I Won't Be Fooled Again? I think that's (laughs) possibly happening to you right now, James. And frankly, even if this does make it out, Judy P is the only one that's going to see it anyhow. So really, we're covered in either direction. You know, she did confirm the other day that she actually reads the newsletter, so I don't even need to do the podcast. I could just email her directly and cut out the middleman. Yeah, but now she's got me on the podcast. She doesn't have that in your newsletter. Nobody nobody comes here for you. Nobody comes here for me either. Nobody comes here, period. I mean, that's the kind of drawing power we have. You know, I have a... I have a Patreon account for my other podcast, and one of the contributors, one of the patrons, wrote to me and said, you know, I subscribe to Breakwell's newsletter, so I might as well give you the same amount. <laughs> so oh, the same amount to oh, me. <laughs> that kills me inside. I'd rather we both get zero than we both get five. I don't want to help you. I thought, well, I, I thought that that would make you feel good that you were first in line for this person's five bucks. Well, 
I should I, I should take it that way. I, when I say I'd rather we both get zero, I absolutely don't mean that. I need your $5 so, so badly. <laughs> Even if that benefits Olivas in some weird way. Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad sometimes. You know, uh, the Patreon thing, apparently that is that is the way to go for podcasts as opposed to newsletters where you probably want to stick with Substack. So at the comedy thing beforehand, uh, Jen Fulweiler, who was, it was her tour and she was the headliner, like she... As, as a perk for her subscribers, if you were paid at a certain level, you got to meet her beforehand, face-to-face. So I don't know if you offer that service for the commute. I think you've, you've been meeting with Judy P and all these people for free since there's you know, literally no demand on your time. <laughs> I don't know. What would, what would your paid tier be? How much would somebody have to fork over to meet face-to-face with the Steve Olivas? You know, when I was on the road, I would have people come out and meet me all the time. Like, that was not an uncommon thing, and we would have a beer or a soda or something, and that was that. So, nothing. Zero is the correct (laughs) answer. But has Judy P. actually met met you? No, no, she's never, as far as I know, she has not been in the U.S. in the time that we have been following each other. Ah, see, she has met, I believe, two times she has met me and Miss, oh, no, just one time. She met me and Mrs. Steve. I think I told you the story when she tried to meet me a second time but got hung up in traffic and she was going to get out of the car and run on the freeway so that she could catch me before I left. But her husband cajoled her into staying in the car that I wasn't worth risking life and limb. And both of those times were in Canada, were they not? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's, yeah, she, she stays safely north of the border. And for good reason. We've got coyotes roaming around here. We've got emus running around. Did you see, did you see my Twitter post about the emu? I did not. Okay. So uh, there was a farm over in Illinois where somebody let out a bunch of emus. And I thought that maybe it was like an animal rights activist. And no, it was it was just some guy being a dick. He's like, hey, wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if I let out all these emus? <laughs> and so they've been, yeah. <laughs> they've been running around for, for months, literally months. Oh. And apparently they've caught all of them except for one. And I didn't know any of this. So in our family group chat on Facebook, <laughs> my mom posts this picture. She doesn't post a picture. She just sends a message that says, the last emu. And we're like, what? Was there, is, there, is there a picture? And then, she, and then she, apparently she's trying to drive at the same time. So just, she, she, I assume, safely pulls over and sends it. And sure enough, she sends a picture of the emu. And then I said... Did you mean wow. the lost emu or the last emu, as in there were others? And we, sure we, enough, we yes, it was the whole yeah. Yeah, This was the last emu. Apparently, she, she spotted it because there was a police officer who did a U-turn in front of her and turned on its wow. lights, and she thought, he was, she thought he was coming for her, and he wasn't. He was going for the emu. These things are legend, apparently. They've been popping, and they've been popping up all over. Like they pop, this was like way out in the country, but like they've been popping up in town and just all over the place. And then you get, you know, wow. get the your, your classic fights on Facebook where somebody would post it and somebody would be like, "Don't post it. They're gonna catch it, need it. You gotta let the emu be free." And so you got the fights between the animal <laughs> yeah. rights activists and all this. And I, I think you do. I mean, you can sell emu eggs, but I think mainly yeah. you eat them. But I like, I mean, I think you want to catch it because I don't know that. I mean, it's a bird from Australia. I don't think it's built to survive in Illinois winter. 
And if it's going to die anyway, maybe it should die someplace where somebody can get some emu burgers. That's that's just my thought. <laughs> anyway, my, understand, those, my understanding is they're very mean and very fast. So, and actually, I believe after that incident, after she spotted it, after the cop went after it, I believe it still got away. So if you are in central <laughs> Illinois, watch out. That for emu's a, on the loose. For a wily emu. Yes. <laughs> on the lamb. Hey, I encourage yeah. everybody to read up or watch videos on the Great Emu Wars from Australia. <laughs> Do you know what that is, what that reference is? Yes. It's yeah, insane. They... It's insane. I don't, like the know, Australian should... army got involved to try to mow down these emus and they couldn't kill them. They lost the war to the emus. They gave up. Wasn't it something the bullets just went right through them, which I don't entirely understand, but apparently, apparently they're they, just mostly empty space inside? They were 50 millimeter uh, uh, bullets that they were, like out of a big machine gun mm -hmm. on yeah, top of a yeah. jeep. And uh, it took, I think they were saying it took three hits to bring down one of these freaking emus. <laughs> and the problem is if you aim high, it's so hard to hit their neck or their head because that's a small target. So you got to <laughs> aim low. And the emus will scatter once you start shooting. And so you get a thousand of these things running at you, and you can only take down a dozen of them before they overtake you. It's just the most bizarre story, and it's all true, the, the emu wars. I mean, that's impressive, because, I mean, a 50-millimeter bullet, and I might be wrong here, I think it's about the size of my, it's about the length of my hand, and uh, it's made to disable, like, vehicles. Like, this yes. is the kind of bullet you yes. use to shoot an enemy jeep. <laughs> they were using them on emus, yes. and it didn't work out. So, anyway, that's what they're up against in Illinois, so thoughts and <laughs> prayers for them, and good luck to everybody. Well, speaking of good luck, we have to bid everyone adieu as well as Buena Suerte because we are out of time, James. And is this yes. episode actually going to go up? What What are your odds? I, everything everything shows recording still. I will know in a moment when I hit the stop button. But <laughs> fingers crossed, I think people will see and hear this one. Until we meet again, hopefully this will tide you over for the few weeks it takes for us to actually pull this off another time. <laughs> but let me walk us out. This is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Be on the lookout for Wiley Lee, 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 Wiley Emus on the land. Oh my God, two wrongs can make a right.